0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Three Live Canes, as always here on the Miami Phone Network. I am Chris. So right there in the box, that there, that's Bill. There's a little box down there right below me there. That's Steve O. Steve O sitting right now in hard rock, having a good old time. He's up in the press area. He's professional like that. Um how we guys how we doing tonight, Bill?
1: Not not big vibing. kind of tired. <laughs> <but> <laughs> <laughs> All good though. All good though.
0: Sivo, are you big vibing?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm currently big vibing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good, whenever Bill's not big vibing, I get nervous. So I'm glad Sivo can bring the big vibes back up. Um, obviously Miami just had a came off a week where we got a we got a commitment of which you could see a film review. We'll talk a little bit about that. You know, Frank Avila. Uh, we also have a barbecue to talk about a little bit. It was a, you know, usually one of the big recruiting events uh, for the year for the Miami Hurricanes. that just took place last weekend. Miami practice started. Um, and as you guys know, guys are in the the best shape of their lives. everyone's flying around the ball. <laughs> you know all of those like little like cliches that you'll see about the start of camp, all of those things are happening. I think it was uh, I saw one today where it was a uh, TVD was perfect throughout the day. It's one of those deals where, <laughs> every year i think like a quarterback from miami goes perfect on a given day and then you're like oh and you have half the message boards like all oh, TVD's back half the message boards like oh why does the defense suck and there's just people screaming at each other about that but we'll talk about all that kind of stuff and more but uh you know obviously a lot of time to go and i don't want to mess around too much before we get to the uh the intro but we did miss our time today we didn't quite make it by nine o'clock um i think the there's an over/under set in here by Greg Bush. Where was it, Greg? Like a lot. There's been a lot of comments before the show started, which Is I guess was very had...
1: productive in the comments
0: today. Yeah, Greg Bush set the uh, over/under at nine oh eight. I think we, we we
2: we nah, now we got on, on nine oh eight. That's that's spot on.
0: Was it nine oh eight? Like a we'll little Yeah, I don't
2: yeah, want anybody really making good. money
0: in the chat. Yeah, those try to you try to do negative math, Bill. Count back from the time.
1: It was like 90, 908, 909, Depending, there,
0: there is a little bit of a shot there. Uh, two live canes and Bill, starting at nine oh eight. Um, Steve, are you, are, as a, a great supporter of Bill's, do you, are you offended personally that Bill was attacked like that?
2: Uh, no, that's just that's just all what beef and Chief is about. <laughs>
0: When eventually, like you guys break away, and just do the beef and cheek show, it's gonna be because of all this negativity from the chat and me towards Bill. Uh when I just <laughs> you guys do the show, Johnny Green watching you guys religiously, it's gonna be a good time. My um, time
1: is
2: coming,
0: it's <laughs> just a matter of time. when those shirts get ready, it's over,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, YouTube realignment,
0: <laughs> which is another thing we can talk about because uh, we're right on the verge of uh. brink of pack 10 12 9 whatever you want to call it destruction so we'll talk about what that might mean for miami and just throw some more random hypotheticals out that we like to do but we'll get to all that kind of stuff and more right here after the intro this is three live canes thank you guys for watching this is for the national championship for nebraska
1: He's a stud, that Brown, number 98. Urban's got it. Urban's
0: free. Snips to the outside, tries to stiff arm, but he couldn't get by Ray Lewis. Big time players. Step up in big game. Heart's off. Don't ask me for more. Hand
1: up. up to the races. That's what they That's Rick's Going up for and It's intercepted near midfield. Sean Taylor's got another one. Who else?
0: We're back. Um, Sean Taylor, who else? Who else put us here on a Wednesday night? Um, so we'll start with uh, the real positive news in the weekend or the week so far. And that was the commitment. Uh, Nino Francovilla decided to make his commitment to Miami. Flip from Harvard. The old Harvard flip. Uh, not something you see very often. Um, what was the last time Like it was the App State flip from Zion? It was probably like the, the flip where you were like, huh? The most in the past couple of years. But... Have we had another one that's been like more of like a random type of flip than that? Can't really I think of one.
1: I, I can't.
2: Nah, I've never. <laughs> I, I I was in a group chat with uh, my little bro and Marcel, uh, and I was like, "Bro, I never thought I'd be doing a review for saw so we flipped from Harvard, and he was going to play defensive tackle for Harvard." Like it was just, it was just like, what? But then I realized you start looking back and you start doing the homework. It's like, damn, he camped here in June. They saw him. That's what you have these camps for. You have them to identify guys. Then they pushed.
0: And you know, the, the funny thing about it is if you want to put their faith in the offensive line gurus that we have, like it, this is putting your faith in those guys. So, um, see you did the review. Uh, we have it up there. I think you put it up a couple of days ago. Um, Obviously, it's one of your most popular videos so far because of the intensity of it. Uh, and you said in your little comment on Twitter beforehand, he's like a guy that you consider to be a coach on the field type. So, you know, what did you see? What did you see in that review that, that made him stand out for you?
2: Uh, I mean, I, I get it. People are going to be like, oh, we flipped it from Harvard. The trolls, I ain't going to lie. Sometimes the trolls be funny. Sometimes I'll be like, "Bro, y'all boys. They don't even be acting like you fans. Sometimes they, when they done right, they funny. But, I mean. really tripping. Uh, I get it. You flipping some guy from Harvard, but I mean they saw him. Like there's a video on Twitter. Like you could pull it up. Like it's on his actual page. He's doing the drill and Coach Miraball is literally like this into the camera. Like he's literally like this, like watching him. And you see another clip of Coach Mars. So I mean they was really evaluating him. So if they said they evaluate and they pushing the trigger, I mean they pulling the trigger then I mean I'm 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 not gonna argue with it. I mean they know what they need more than we do. So uh I'm rolling with it on tape. The reason why I said that is because there was a lot of times where he was disengaging at the proper time, a lot of, like, hand placement. He was going on the uh, inside shoulders a lot of times to climb to linebackers. Uh, you know, he was helping his guards. He was making his guards' uh, life a lot easier because uh, he's a, he's very physical. So I was like, i seen the physicality. i seen the toughness. He's pound for pound stronger. Dudes toss tossing people, like, six yards. They doing backflips like after he throw him. So dude's hella strong, just tossing people. Okay, he's not playing the best competition, but he's already he's already 6'3", 290. So he's coming in at 300 at the very least. So uh, I, I think, you know, that's what they pull pulling the trigger on. And, I mean, I'm going to see – center's a position where you, you really take off as like a third-year player, redshirt, sophomore, you know, that type of uh, – career path. is just a lot you have to absorb you have to have the mental capi- uh, capacity for the position for the checks he was going to harvard so i'm pretty sure he has that and so we should roll
0: so so real quick steve why do you think a guy like that gets under undervalued or like overlooked by some of the other schools in the area
2: uh i mean it, it can happen bro like a lot of these things are like on camp so if the kid didn't go to okay, this camp or this camp you never really know bro and uh you know, he's not at a place where when I was looking at his film, it didn't look like he was playing, you know, Miami Central defensive line. But, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do against that type of competition. Mm-hmm.
0: Fair enough. Bill, thoughts on you Nino? Know?
1: Yeah, I think it sounds like he's only played one year of football in the States. Um, I'm trying to find it. I know there was something along those lines. That's a possible reason. But I think if this was any position other than offensive line, I think this conversation is probably a lot different. Um, but every time you know we talk offensive line, you know, Crystal Ball and Miraball, they, they have full right autonomy, right, from criticism in terms of the offensive line until further notice. So, you know, he's got size, Harvard's smart, right? That's two big check marks for an offensive lineman. Um, you know, and we desperately need it, you know, a center of the future, right? Missed out on Connor last year and there's been probably what, two or three, maybe even four guys um, this year already that um you know that they missed out on. So yeah, you know, they obviously see something. Um, you know, we'll see maybe with another year, of, you know, development, another year of scheme tape against you know American competition. You know, maybe if those offers start to come in. Um, the only
0: downside is he plays in Connecticut. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's Canadian, so like all.
1: There's a positive thing, right? What's that? Like Connecticut, Canada, it's like the same no, thing.
0: No, Canadians are good, fine people. Love their maple <laughs> syrup. They love all the good stuff up there. They're a good group. Um, Not... The fact they had to go to Connecticut. Eh,
1: you call people from Connecticut.
0: Uh, they, no one even talks about them, so that's why nobody even knows. But anyway, <laughs> besides us. But and there is we do have a history. Like a couple guys in the chat pointed out, there is a history of, you know, getting these Canadian guys and especially Canadian linemen and having it work out for us. So hey, is it
1: could be a, worse than Isaiah me. Thomas from Canada, safety commit.
0: Yeah, he's from Canada too, right? And he, but he's been down here for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Steve.
2: Oh, my bad. You're talking <laughs> about uh,
1: who <laughs> uh, is Isaiah Thomas from Canada?
2: Uh, yeah, he came yeah. down like two years ago. Oh, he's in Tampa now. Some yeah. Chris. I know my stuff.
0: Good job, Bill. Proud of you. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that, like that, that's there, and you know, people say, "I thought Trip was the center of the future." It's about getting guys and as many guys as you can, and then seeing how it goes. And you have two very different types of players.
2: Let's be real, bro. Every year we get the center of the future, no
0: matter who it is.
2: <laughs> we call it the center of the future. Fam. You got to, you got to, you got to move
0: on every class. But yeah. <laughs> Just keep stacking chips as much as possible and see what goes. And we've seen it before, too, with guys that, you know, some guys that we expect to be the center of the future never pan out. Other guys find themselves at center when we never anticipated them playing over there. It's just how this thing kind of goes over time as Stevo starts to fade away. was <laughs> <Well, what? laughs> <laughs> Steve- about to pop up on another show, another dimension. <laughs> but, but anyway, but... So, I mean, it's a, it's a guy that, you know, like you guys have said, it hasn't exactly drawn over like every, the constant praise of a, of a JoJo trader or whatever it is, but it wasn't expected to. It's one of those under-the-radar ones that you hope can build over time, and we've had a few of them in this class. I know that, you know, some people have talked about the blue chip ratio, which I know Steve loves, and the three stars that we're getting and all that, but it's a matter of making sure you get these guys and develop them, oh man. Right now, the most important thing is winning. And winning happens on the field, so it's easy to go transition over to. Fall camp has begun, which means real live football will begin now within a span of 30 days. Not nonsense, not spring ball, not hitting each other, not wearing those goofy pad things on top of the helmets. Steve, what are your thoughts on those?
2: No, nah, but they're, they're, they're there for safety. and uh, Yeah, just, but really, like, what do you think about it? Uh, I mean, I, I really have no problem with uh, I, my I think they're Steve awesome. It's all about safety.
0: Steve, are you ever like? Would you ever look in there like? Look in the mirror after you put your stuff on. You got your like wristbands You got your stuff. You're all swagged up, and you throw that helmet on. It's got that big goofy like pillow on top, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, that's it."
2: They, it's, it's really not that bad. I've had one on before. It's it's really not that bad. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sure. It's
0: about the kids. It's all about safety. <laughs> I apologize. No,
2: but, but I'm telling you right now, bro. Like until you get until you get your know, lights knocked out, blindsided, you we appreciate them things
0: fair enough so we'll get those things off we'll throw them to the side and we'll have real people going. they have uh
2: canes fans august 12th is at hard rock stadium and it's going to be an open scrimmage so that's going to be gas so canes fans can see a fall camp scrimmage uh at at hard rock so that's something i'm super excited about i'm probably we're probably gonna tailgate and it's at 9 a.m the gates open at eight
0: so hey and steve will you be signing autographs there <laughs> So, Timo, no, if Bill and I send you some stuff to give out to people like just pictures of us with it signed, will you just like hand them out to people in case they ask for some?
2: Yeah, just just put up a stand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> $5. $5 from everybody. Uh we'll give them two back if they take the one of Bill. But anyway, so it's it's a good deal uh that Miami's going to have this thing coming up and we talked about all the stuff that comes up and this and that and I think the biggest or one of the most interesting pieces of news that I saw was this deal with uh, James Williams, the like the idea that he is now bulked up a little bit. He's up to 223, according to his own words. Um, most likely going to be one of those guys that, you know, finds a new role in this defense that puts him a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, it's something we talked about for quite a while, but uh, Steve, I'll go to you first. Um, what what do you anticipate his role being in this defense for Lance Gitchy next year? my
2: dog still gonna be back deep, stop sleeping. He just gonna be <laughs> like people like like even last year in third down behind packages when they was putting Avante and Cam on the field or vice whatever the uh, uh you know, whatever it was, they was putting him in the you know, at the nickel lot or being a big nickel position the striker, whatever you wanna call it. They was putting him down there on third down anyway. That's probably gonna be, you know, Maybe on a second down, first down, whatever it is, but he's still going to get snaps deep, bro. He is too lengthy, bro. I'm telling you. But, like, obviously, you're going to lose, he's going to use him, you know, probably a little bit more to the line of scrimmage. But, uh, like, he, he's going to be back there, bro. It, it makes sense, though, because we're probably going to play a lot of scam single high. So at that point, you know, that's just
0: going to be what it is. Fair point. Bill, what are your thoughts on, on James' role next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, right, since. Right, we've been talking about him for however many years it's always been of course a closer line of scrimmage even on, i know people are talking about defensive line at some point during his recruitment which is crazy um but yeah i mean i, I picture him like the uh kind of like the isaiah simmons role right at clemson yeah, a lot of it was you know near the line um you know second or second level type stuff with you know occasionally going back um but yeah, yeah you have an all-american back there you yeah, that excels right in that like that um that center field type role so you know, kidry's just got you know get these pieces together um you know the offense is a little you know run heavy you know maybe he's up a little bit more more spread you know maybe it's a different look but um you know hopefully you know that, that secondary um you know gave up a lot of big pe- pass plays last year um you know they got to tighten up um i think we'll probably talk about um you know today's G- richard um, who's having a really good co- first couple of days um so maybe he's you know difference maker um in that secondary but Hey, James Williams, it's do or die time, right? This is year three. Um, five star, you know that production's gotta gotta match that height.
0: Yeah, and there's been a you know talking about the draft and all that, and like already you know people are putting out their, like you know top whatever player is at whatever position, blah 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 kind of stuff. And you see the names, you see the Leonard Taylors in there, you see the James Williams in there, you see those guys that Cam obviously getting looks and opportunities there as well. Um, This is the year for those guys to make some money if they want to be the ones that leave early and go to the league. And as much as fans want to say, well, have they accomplished enough to go pro early, blah, blah, blah. It is a recruiting tool that we haven't really been able to pull the trigger on in in recent years that these guys are, you know, going to be in high draft picks. Had a couple positions with it, but not across the board. The the best
2: thing you could do is crank out three and duns, baby.
0: (laughs) Go get your
2: back, fam. Don't be greedy. Get that legend for three years,
1: baby. Don't be greedy. <laughs> and it, it, it really only takes
2: one guy, right, at your position
1: to get, like, drafted high, and then all of a sudden you're, like, the guru, right? You know, Leonard Taylor goes in the first round. You know, Salovea and, you know, JT, you know, to an extent, going to have a little bit more firepower, right, um, in the recruiting. I saw there's, I know there's questions about, you know, Jason Taylor in the chat. You know, he gets Najalik drafted first round, all of a sudden, you know, that looks different, right? I mean, he's yeah. got a lot of cachet already, but once you get that first, first rounder,
2: you're good. Yeah. yeah. Imagine what he did when, whatever his end product is with Cyrus Moss, that's, that's going to determine a lot for me. I'm right. excited.
0: Cause that's really kind of building up from not, I'm mean, not saying from scratch, like he wasn't talented, obviously, just, you know, physically a raw product, but if you could turn him into a player, and it's, you know, it's one thing too. Like people come out and say, oh, but we've had these first round picks at defensive end. I mean, under a different regime, in a whole different scenario, guys that recruited a long, long time ago at this mm-hmm. point. So it's
2: or transferred in.
0: Yeah, so it's it's a whole different kind of animal from that. Yeah, you know, we can talk about Jalen Phillips all day long, but you know, his one elite year doesn't like really ring it like as it would a, a guy that you had for three dominated, became a top twenty pick or whatever. Um yeah,
1: got six about six games out of Rousseau so that he started because he wasn't good enough to start the first half of the year. <laughs>
0: Couldn't get on the field. Couldn't get on the field. No spot for him. He was still trying out at safety, like the old days.
2: Sins, sins, sins.
0: <laughs> uh, there was something going on a little while ago in the chat. Uh, it kind of quieted down recently. But uh, Shane Castellanos had a had a question in it before we even went on the air. Um, basically, uh, the first part of it was offering up how you have the Ohio States of the world with um, Heartline. We're able to get all these receivers and – And then you have USC, who's able to get all these quarterbacks with Caleb Williams and and the like. And, you know, why don't we have that with Jason Taylor? Like, why are we missing on all these guys? Uh, Before I throw it to you guys, because he said, why not be coached by the best gold jacket guy and all that? You know, we first off, we can't just toss aside the fact that, you know, Jason Taylor is absolutely the best player who was a a defensive line coach currently in college football. There was no better player than him across in terms of guys that had these defensive line jobs. But, like, you can't just kick aside guys like Larry Johnson and all these other dudes who have turned out their fair share of first-round picks too. So it is a little bit of a different conversation. It's not like Brian Hartline was a gold jacket receiver in the NFL. (laughs) He was like Jag City for a a long way there.
2: Nah, too. He was straight when he was on the Dolphins. Come on. Nah, he was not. He got 1K with us one year. I hate, I, hate, I hate he, uh, I hate he, uh, Ohio State. Uh, but I mean, he was snapping for the
0: Dolphins. So that's a bit of an overstatement there, Steve. I don't. I you define snapping for me, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know, man. He, he was, I ain't gonna lie. You, I, I, I ain't about to recruit for him on the show, so
0: <laughs> Air point. Air point, I I, I, just agree with me. That <laughs> yeah, he, yeah,
2: he
1: was cheeks. <laughs> So Jason Taylor's resume—it's it, all about him as a, a player, what he did, you know, in his career. You know, he, he can't point to any guy and say, "Hey, yeah, I developed that guy." Right? Hartline can. You know, he has a list. Like I said, it, it takes one. Once he gets that one, he's going to be a monster recruiter. Maybe we turn into, you know, DNU or you know whatever the case is. But um, you know, Nigel Lake is probably right. His best bet to you know get a high draft pick sooner than later. He, he got Lifebu committed. Um, you know, it sucked to see Dylan Stort, uh, Dylan Stuart go. Um, but um you know, that's funny he's probably be a top five pick,
0: but Oh you see something in the chat pop up, Steve O.
2: Yeah, you can't say you who else. That was that was funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I actually looked it up. He actually had two thousand 000- 1,000 yard seasons, which is a surprise to me, but a little no, quiet, I, t- I guess.
2: I, I, I ain't going to say it again, <laughs> but
0: yeah. Uh All right, none. he had 0,000 thousand yard seasons mm. growing. Anyway, but uh, but anyway, back to, you know, Bill, you were saying the same kind of that idea that, you know, lost a lot of opportunities here, but we haven't really had a chance to to show that on the field yet. Steve, how much, and you said yourself, best recruiting tool is the three and out guys, right? Like, do you think it's something that could be there in a season or two if we are able to see some of this from the young guys?
2: Uh, you hate doing it because it's just like you, you, you put that on the kid again and honest. Uh, three and outs. Obviously, you have a couple we already talked about the LTs of the world, uh, Jason Taylor. I mean, not Jason Taylor, uh, <clears throat> uh, James Williams and Camp Kitchens. Those are those kind of guys. But if you're looking at guys who could, Possibly be three and done guys. You're looking at your redshirt freshman or your freshman class. <clears throat> you got to start looking at Francis. That's probably your first conversation. Uh, to be honest, that would be the first thing uh, that came to mind if I was talking about a player who could be three and done because I think he's going to start now. So uh, it starts now. <laughs> if you start three years coming in as a five-star and you are who everybody thinks you are, I think uh, nobody gets picked higher than an line like that.
0: Yeah. And so we'll see how it develops over time. But it's it's definitely interesting. Are, are, do You guys, you know, obviously all the hype was best defensive line class in the nation. I mean, I, we're not looking at that anymore, most likely with how some of these guys have gone. But do um, you feel like there still could be some big fish left on the table for Miami?
2: Right. We, we tripping. Like, we was five and seven last year. We, we, we have a good year. We flipping some of these kids, like. Just build the relationships, keep chipping away, keep chipping away, and then hopefully the season goes our way. It's a, nope. kind of a, a sobering
1: stat here. I was
2: playing with some numbers.
1: So, right, we're, we're at 17 right now, um, 17th overall class if you follow, 24-7, right? We have 19 commits. If we get Zayquan Patterson, Cam Franklin, um Fuwa. of lewayne mccoy and uh, eddie pierre louis so five blue chippers that brings us to 271 overall um, score that's good enough for 14th class last year so i mean we have a ways to go if we want to even get into the top 10 so those five blue chippers plus probably one or two like big time flips at least get you close to the top 10 um so you know this class rankings wise um it's there it's got a long ways to go if you're into that which i am
0: um, on the bright side it's Bill doing math so we can always assume that there's some margin for error there but we'll see if we're able to make that climb up the up the way there's, there's, like you said there's a lot to go to make that top 10 we'll see if we can't figure it out my boy
2: Len, Len. I appreciate you see that boy a monster
0: there you go a lot of people love it um, there was a question up specifically for Steve-O and Team Raw Bill you had something yeah, numbers don't lie. Bagging
1: up, bagging up nose. Yeah. <laughs> Data doesn't lie. <laughs> that's why he's
0: bagging up four. Wait, what was the question? It. Uh, from Desmond Williams. Quick question, fellas. Montgomery receiver on Team Raw. What's Kane's chances? I love his swag.
2: Uh, I never. Uh, that that's my dog. Uh, his dad. Uh, you know, played professionally in, in the CFL. Uh, he's he's gonna be good. He played quarterback. He was the number one it? quarterback. Uh, Nation Montgomery. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Who's his certified. dad? Uh, Kahif Montgomery, I believe, it's, uh, or Kashif. Uh, uh, I gotta pronounce it a little bit better. I just always say, Yo, what's good, fam? <laughs> but uh, uh, no, nah, like, uh, Nay, Nay is special. I ain't gonna lie. And I think, uh, I wouldn't tip his hat uh, too much, but I think Miami is gonna be in it for his top schools no matter what. Uh, he's been to campus a bunch of times. I know you guys have seen me, uh, post his pictures online with him with Miami gear for team raw always because we're sponsored by Adidas. So he's rocking the UM sleeves, gloves, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, he's nasty. He's probably going to be, if not the top priority at 2025 receiver, one of the top priorities. I think we're in a good position, just got to keep doing what they're doing. I think that contact is every day. I can just tell you all that it's every day.
0: So as it, as it should be, um, though real quick on your point uh you said you just say yo to, to his dad when you see him
2: yeah it was good yeah i mean
0: that that's pretty I mean, much
2: you don't really call nobody by their name <laughs> yo you feel me? like kj dad a lot of them dads read like maizeo dad like you'd be surprised a lot of these top commits bro. they dads they they on the road with them they 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 making sure they sons is on they type of time man. and they about business
0: have to be I mean honestly with high school and college football these days you kind yeah. of have to be right um but real quick on that yeah, on that on that point uh what the way you refer to like a lot of the players dads is how I also refer to my in-laws like I don't cuz you're stuck in that weird spot between like calling them by their name or like calling them like some people call them like mom and dad like even if they're your in-laws that's weird i can't You ever, that. You, you ever do that bill? No See, what, you ever hear that before? Like my it's wife, not, calls, I've heard
1: of it. I, I I don't do
0: it. My wife calls my dad "dad," and then she's he's always like, "All right."
2: Oh yeah yeah yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no no
2: no no no. That's that's a that girls do it all the time.
0: Yeah, so uh, so she was like, "Why don't you call my parents that? I'm Like it's it's fine. It's not weird. I'm like, "That's yeah, super weird." So uh, I try to find my way around it. By never like, using their name or anything. So I'll either like like say, hey, or hey, and or like go right up to them so they know I'm talking to them, or I'll just like make noise in the room so they know I'm there. They just start talking to them. But I've managed to avoid it for like 10 years, so in pretty good shape. <laughs> but what do you do? First name. First name? Hey, yep. Carl and Mary, or whatever.
1: Uh, that's it. You got them. <laughs> that's the names, Carl and Mary. <laughs>
0: got it good just making sure we do that I don't, there. I don't
1: really use names anyway not even with like friends I'm just like hey or you
0: fair if anybody in the chat wants to throw out there what you call your in-laws i would like to see more opinions and thoughts on this too so can't um uh, but anyway so a lot of stuff going on anything else i know bill you mentioned before uh is having a good camp so far but anything else you've heard so, i mean so far it's a matter of a couple of days but two, two days yeah anything else that you've seen or heard so far that has you excited Besides them flying around
1: and all that? <laughs> um, I'm really trying this year to kind of temper that that hype that comes with you know those practices and all that. Um, but I, I was really high on um, Jade Richard coming in, right? You know, six one, six two, 6'2", like 200, like almost prototypical type cornerback. Um, smart kid, Vanderbilt, um, got like 200 or so snaps experience. So, you know, you would expect him to kind of take a big jump in his development in a room that really – that really needs it, right? Um, you know, we, we've talked about the flip that happened in that room, you know, with all the transfers, you know, uh, freshman coming in. Um, I read Damari Brown was with the ones today, you know, get, getting some run there. So, um, cornerback's going to shave up to be a good battle, but, you know, my money would be on, you know, Javay locking down one of those spots sooner than later.
0: Yeah.
2: Can you hear Chris?
1: Chris
0: on you. Uh, Sorry, I sneezed I, or unmuted unmute myself. Terrible job by me. Uh, anything you've heard of uh, so far, Steve, that you're, that you're keeping an eye on from camp? Yeah.
2: Uh, shout out to my dog, Milan and others. Uh, yeah, Tamari's got some stats to the one. He's ready to play day one. We know that. Uh, but they just throwing him in the fire to see how he responds. I mean, that's just literally what it is. They're going to do that to everybody. You're going to get guys getting stats with the ones, throw them in, there with the, throw them in the fire. That's what they're doing. You're going know, to throw them in the pot, see if they cook, and, uh, yeah, we move on. I think uh, one of the – probably the – other than Francis being uh, – you saw Odell uh, say he's, he's a three-year player. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody's thinking. But other than that, you got Ruben Bain, who is a potentially a three-year player. He's going to make an immediate impact. TV's mentioned uh, pretty much every player in media days has, has mentioned him when anybody asks the generic question, you know, you know who's the young guy to look out for or who's at this you know it, it happens and you know we as much as we mock those questions we love the answers uh so ruben bain's been in every single one of those answers
0: and how can he not be right like of all the dudes that you would expect like francis and bain are the two guys like you said do mentioned earlier those being two guys that are three and done dudes like and it looks like so far from early returns that they're playing like three and done guys because guys that are going to get on the field and get some good tape freshman year before they really kind of take off and start dominating. If not this year, next year. Shane um, jumped in and, and added in with Guidry's attacking style. Do you guys have faith in our corners and safeties to hold up? Um, in many ways it could help the corners and safeties if we are able to apply some consistent pressure. I mean, we saw that in 2017. like And 2018. And 2018
1: with Gerald, sure. Even, even last year, like our pasts rush stats were, were pretty good um it just you know miscommunications and all kinds of other stuff going on but um you know if we're getting pressure on that quarterback you know they're, they're going to look you know way better than maybe they actually are um but we do
2: have the front seven to potentially do that yeah pressure is one thing we need sacks because yeah. sacks make it more predictable and you can call it better coverage safer coverage you do things like that and also, you just – you rattle quarterbacks when you sack them. You lay on top of them. That's not a oh, damn, I almost didn't get that off. That's a, yeah, I'm coming, boy. Like, yeah. you know, so you got to sack them. That's going to be – that's going to have to be
0: different. Yeah, and, you know, we we gone over this defensive line you know, depth chart. We did the whole two deep last week. And it's good to be in a spot where – and and I think we all went through the names and, like, nobody mentioned like, – there's a couple guys that nobody mentioned even that, you know, could play a real role. And I know that you've been eye on. Lichtenstein at times and like there's other guys, a lot of guys that have some potential to make impact players that if we're able to just get this rotation going and actually, like you said, turn this stuff into sacks, you think about the damage that could be done. And I, yeah. and I just keep going back to those, that 2017 or 2018 line and how that's to be able to set the tone for the whole defense. Yeah.
2: We got the deepest corner room in a minute. I mean, you know, that corner room is gangster. I'm not going to lie. That's I think Devonte start for sure. In my opinion. Uh, so that's one side, and I, you really don't have to worry about that. I think he's going to have the best season of his career here at Miami, uh, which is saying something because he hasn't given up a touchdown in his three years at UCF, so that's straps. Um, I, I think whew, it, it, it's deep at corner. Jeneas Richards, uh, I told people when he came from Vanderbilt, like, yo, he's he's built to play he's 6'2", he's 220. I mean, not 220, he's 200, uh, and he, he's built to play. He can play inside, he can play outside. He's gonna love. Uh, he's gonna love this type of defense where you're on an island, which is how he prefers. Right. So uh, he's gonna move around. I'm excited for that. You brought in Jaden Davis, who is uh, extremely high up, and I saw growing up playing, and he's a baller. So he's playing right now at nickel. They think he's gonna start there. Okay, cool. But he's also gonna bat on the outside. Couch is taking reps outside. Uh, you got DP. Um, you brought in. Uh, uh, Damari, who's ready to play right now, you got Stafford who you can mold, and then you're looking down the road like, damn, this guy could be a real good player for us. That, that corner room is deep, I'm not gonna lie, and mm-hmm. I, I'm probably missing somebody. I mean, uh, we, yeah, for good facts, Free Me, another one that you uh, can mold up. Like, you you brought in a transfer and got him out immediately <laughs> and upgraded I'm again. Like, right. we was mobbing, we was mobbing that cornerback. This, we were legit too deep. At cornerback, across three positions, and then you, when you start thinking about safeties, you could plug in there, like with James Williams getting snaps there. You know, uh, Jaden Harris getting snaps there. Then like him at the star, he has high upside. Uh, so there, there's there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of things you could do with this uh, defense.
0: Sure. And on that note, too, with, you know, going back to the front end, Michael Andres, thank you for the donation. One nine nine to the NIL fund, which suddenly became more important. uh, Heard the players (laughs) think we're going to see some three four from this front seven, which is I I think from watching what Guidry did over the past couple of years. He liked to do some different things with that defensive line. So like there was quite a bit of, you know, two down linemen, three down linemen type deals uh, over the past couple of years. So, um, Bill, you anticipate that being something you see quite a bit of?
1: Yeah, I think you'll see some, you know, even fronts, odd fronts, mix it up. His whole thing is trying to confuse that quarterback and, you know, put him on the ground. So, um, you know, whatever he's got to do. We have guys that fit, right, you know, kind of like that three or four outside linebacker. Um, so, I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Um you know, I think Gidry's, you know, the type of defensive coordinator that could really excel here if he's, you know, all about attacking, you know, with that little bit of discipline, a little bit more than Manny. Um, yeah, you know, it it could benefit, um, you know, really just kind of fit what Miami should be on, on the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. in this era
0: of football. Yeah. Right. And Cameron Belger, the Giants won a Super Bowl rushing four defensive ends, the game against the Patriots. They did and they, they kept that like heavy rotation on the defensive line. Like how many teams in oh, in College football and pro football have won with, you know, wild defensive end, defensive line rotations, and keeping fresh dudes. And and when you get a chance, you can send your fast guys out there at the tackle. That's where Ruben Bain and Mesidor and those guys, like, if you're able to – if you're in a third and long and you're able to run those guys in a tackle and get Nigel Leak and, and, like, maybe a developed Cyrus Moss or one of these young dudes, Malik Bryant there on the edge, like, yeah. Jake Wayne, like, one of these dudes, like, all of a sudden, like, we're talking about a really scary, fast group. That's just pinning their ears back. So, I mean, something to be exciting about. Uh, Johnny Green, love to see Mezador and Tower in the middle, Bain and Kelly at the edges. Hey, whatever you could do. I mean, we have we have some guys there, so it's heavy worth the discussion. And thanks again for the donation.
1: I think um, if we, um, if we win, you know, first and second down, we you know find creative ways stop the run, get them in you know third eight, third nine, third ten. You're I think you're going to see some of those kind of crazy personnel groupings um, where you're like, oh, why is there. Five defensive ends on the field, or five defensive whatever. Um, so, but that that first and first that run D will lead to all that. But you know, we'll see if that run D will hold up.
0: Yeah, shame throwing under Manny mid level defense always got torched. Uh, the second that second level left wide open spots. You see it happening this year or no? I mean, one big difference I think this year, like the guy in the middle who runs like we have that correct steve Oh,
2: yeah it's pretty fierce
0: but if francisco is out there doing what he's supposed to do then hopefully it's a much different conversation than what we've been having in the past especially freeing up west to go out there and make some plays too
1: there's plenty of times right, with this manny manny defense right you knew who's getting the ball before it was snapped because they were there's nowhere near them typically it was a slot receiver um yeah, I remember I was watching a few games like, oh, he's wide open. No one's only only five yards of him. Um, so I, I think that'll be eliminated just from that discipline that we kind of keep mentioning. That applies to coverage, not just, um, you know, that front seven as well.
0: Yeah. And we'll see how time goes with this, too. With this front seven, as it develops, it's obviously going to be one of the standout things to watch for. Um, and like I said, we're very early in fall camp, so there's a lot, of still, a lot of things still to kind of play out. And we'll see how it all, like... See what pieces find their spots before we get uh, 30 days from now. We actually have to see this thing on the field and and see what develops. Uh, A couple other questions I jumped in. Um, Shane, I think we know that we know the deal. I'm going to put it up anyway, just to make sure you get your definitive answer. Stevo, if we have a great year on offense and both Jeremiah Smith and Wingo want in, but just have one spot, which one do you take?
2: What type of question is that one as a dream scenario? You take both. I mean, there's no way you don't take both. I'm sorry.
1: You can only take one. Don't don't cop out. Let's go. Answer not,
2: I, it's definitely hurtful. Jeremiah. Uh, yes. It, yes, it is. He's from the crib and he's is uh, unfortunately not unfortunate. He's just better uh and and he's from the crib and that's like the best player uh you know when we got leonard taylor james williams who were you know top 10 players in the nation from down here you know this is why you needed to get them that's why they're talking about them you know three years later hey this could be their year where they go to get that bag uh so this is the type of player you need to grab
1: wingo is a phenomenal player jeremiah i think is generational
0: a notch like that one notch, that one notch between super, super good receivers that you'd love to have, and then the guy who's just like,
2: okay.
1: and any other year, Wingo might be the, the best receiver in the country, but you know,
2: Jeremiah is yes. just different. that's like when you're talking to any other Kane's receiver, and it's just like, oh yeah, this guy's lit, this guy's lit, and it's like, yeah, of course. And then you mention Andre, and you're like, ah, you know, it's just, it's one of those,
0: <laughs> right? It's just different. To talk about him different, watch him different. It's just, just different. Um, U-Town, making a t- show up. Uh, What's up, fellas? We're shouting new neighborhood riding our scooters <laughs> on the way to get some ice cream.
2: they holding hey, up. Be safe, safe, safe,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, seriously, out there. just Hold on, hold on. We just watch this YouTube show and, and send a message in real quick while I'm eating his ice cream on my scooter. <laughs> but he'll be okay. And Birdstone's here, too. Look at that.
1: Still waiting Good. for a shirt, by the way.
0: Yeah, Birdstone. I got you, man. Not... Not like right now, but mentally I have you. Like I'm locked <laughs> in. <laughs> it's the most important thing. It's like a like a guy just, sub, just suffered a horrible injury. Like I have like a year to get this thing done, but I'll get it done. Shane Castellano said, "You get a free dry sandwich for that answer, Stevo," which makes you brings up his bring up his next question. Stevo, what did you eat for lunch today?
2: Uh, I had a great lunch today.
0: It was, really? it was
2: brought to me. It was it was brought to me. Uh, uh, so I had lunch date uh, oh, And it, it, was, uh, it was It was, it was, it was uh, a Cuban steak sandwich And that thing was fire with some fries
0: Was it homemade?
2: No, nah, it was from Las Vegas
0: Ah, okay, are they going to sponsor us?
2: Nah, but it was fire <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gotta ask, you never know They use oh.
2: mozzarella cheese So you know it's banger.
0: Oh, on a steak sandwich, mozzarella?
2: Yeah, anytime, mozzarella
0: Interesting very interesting. Good to know. Um, Birdstone has accepted the, the terms of this. We'll get there. Birdstone, don't worry. Just takes time. Seelos, uh, what's up? You, Goldwire, how you doing? Uh, and the last thing I really wanted to go to today was it's it's kind of blowing up. and has been over the past couple hours, at least, for like across the college football landscape. It's something that I love to talk about because it's absurd and it's so different than what it was in college football. But and um, we're talking about, movement around in terms of realignment in college football, where it really seems like the next big dominoes are going to fall within the span of a day, two days or so. Um, And the the big note, the big news has been that big 12 looking to add more teams, obviously because they continue to stay aggressive, which has saved them and probably like saved the entire life of the conference, not only adding Colorado, but looking to add one, maybe two, maybe three more teams. In the span of a couple of days by way of Arizona State, Arizona, and Utah, um, part of the four corners that they're trying to, like, you know, stink their ground in. Um, well, that would leave, if my math is right, what, seven teams left? No, six teams left in the Pac 9? So six teams left in the Pac 9. And of those six teams, there is talk that at least two and maybe probably four, four. <laughs> probably four are headed over to the Big 10.
2: Yeah, because USC and UCLA have to travel across the country for every game. They needed like a little West division. So which well, used to be called
0: yeah, the Pac-10, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Pac-12. Yeah. Now yeah, we just sending over there. Big 10 West. Uh, right. So you could have those matchups with the uh, USC, Michigan, USC, you know, Ohio State and potentially, you know, a USC, Miami. Yeah. Uh, and Florida State, so that that's that's what's going on. Like, let's just be real. It's all about money. It's all about TV deal. Right now, the I like the Big Twelve. I'm a fan of the Big Twelve. I, I feel like if all the brands went to the Big Twelve, they would make good money. But you go to the Big Ten, you're making 100 million plus every year on TV mm-hmm. contract. We're making 35.6 million from the ACC every year, and the Big Ten and the SEC are running laps about it, getting 70, 80 mil, 100 mil, pissing on it. Like it, it's, it's bad. So that's, that's really what it all comes down to. The Pac-12 is yeah. falling apart because their TV media deal is about to pay out 22 a year. 22 a year for what, my G? Like exactly. Oregon, Washington, they waiting on that call from the Big Ten. As soon as they call, they out of there. So <clears throat> it's it's only a matter of time. And it, Whenever it comes out of the ACC granted rights, if Miami can get out or not, I just know if Miami and Florida State are packaged package deal, whether to the SEC or to the Big Ten, whoever's, whoever's paying more than $35 million is who I'm going with. Here, here's a hypothetical. You can go to the Big
1: 12 right now or wait and figure it like wait to see what happens with the grant of rights and potentially m- miss out on getting into the SEC or Big Ten. Would you go to the Big Twelve
2: right now if it was on the table? Yeah, they're making fifty plus million a year, and if you they add Miami, it goes up. They have a uh, the commissioner's gangster, uh, uh, your mark uh, for the Big Twelve. I'm a conference realignment nerd, and I know he's gonna he's he's gonna catch another body for sure because he's flexing on them right now. He really is. Yeah, here, and- here, Colorado, come tell them boys what you got. and now now it's hey what was your deal oh yeah nah we're gonna jump on this boat real quick that's that's how it goes it's all about money
0: You said like he's been so proactive in this in this whole process that he's not only secured a deal pack 10 or back 12 has been trying to figure out a deal for how long big 12 just came in and was like nope got our money done over and they're still trying to fit. Yeah,
2: and the FSU, the chatter. Uh, I hate to talk about FSU, but I, I like, I, I appreciate their athletic director and their president saying what they saying. I mean, we, we all feeling it. Why the hell are we not making no money? Like this is unacceptable. Yeah. Like this is a slow death. Like people coming out saying, yo, straight up, like it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when we leave in the ACC. No matter how, how ironclad that uh, granted rights deal might be, whatever the case may be, I'm not saying it's imminent, but I think. Within the next few years you're gonna at least hear a yell, a hey, like this ACC thing sayonara. some something's gonna happen no matter if it's a huge amount of money if you pay like 200 to 300 million dollars it seems like a crazy thing to do right but uh if you make a million you know 115 million a year just off TV not your tickets not your this not your that not your donations. You're making 110, 115 million just off just playing and just somebody else paying you more for what you are already doing. That's going to let the money just, hell, here, here, ACC or AAC plus, whatever you want to call yourself, it's over.
0: Right. And I think the question is what happens if how many teams are going to leave if they they do decide like a bunch of ACC schools try to get out of there? Um, I do think if the Big Ten adds four. Right here. I mean that puts them up to what? They're already at they're at fourteen t- now.
2: In the big ten.
0: Yeah, they're at fourteen. They're at, now. 16. they're at sixteen now?
2: Yeah, they're sixteen with the addition of UCLA and uh USC. Jeez. So they're gonna they're gonna go to twenty for sure. Like if they yeah. add Oregon and Washington, okay. That'd probably maybe make the travel just enough easier. At least they would have three schools in that area and then add Miami and Florida State potentially. I think no matter where Miami goes, Florida State goes. I know rivalry doesn't matter, uh, right, right now because you see what happened with Texas Oklahoma leaving the Big Twelve and all the rivalries just dead. Oklahoma State will never play Oklahoma again. That's crazy, you know stuff like that. Uh, but I think just the the money, the the mat the matchup and the marquee just brings up too much value to not have together. So I think lo- low key we're stronger with the FSU as a package like to the Big Ten where we might get a bigger chunk of money. Let's say it comes down to the point where yeah, now we have twenty teams. We're not going to pay the Rutgers one hundred fifteen million. Rutgers, hey, chill. We're giving you ninety. Shh, like (laughs) you feel me? Like you know that type of stuff can happen. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, I think we'll be not tied to the hip with Florida State, but I think if Florida State moves, Miami is probably already making those same moves behind the scenes.
0: Do you well? Do you think that? miami is attractive enough to be able to tie itself to florida state because it does seem like florida state is maybe the most attractive piece of the acc based upon a lot of talk
2: yeah i mean their tv numbers say it so i mean you got to be realistic uh their tv numbers say it but that's because we've been bad uh if we win we know nobody watches more they want either watch us see us lose or they watch us because they're going for us so I think oh, it'll be fine. I think obviously Clemson's a hot commodity. I think the top four brands in the ACC is you know Miami, Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina. Uh, so there's some heavyweights. Then you have you know the Virginia Techs who have ha- inherited history. Pitt's not bad either. Uh, you know Louisville has is a sleeping giant to a lot of people. Uh, you know a, a lot of other ones I'm just missing. Uh, but it's 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 all about that money. So they're gonna add they're gonna add eventually, and I think there's the best of the rest are're gonna to go to the big twelve and the big twelve would just be a fun conference just because you never know who's gonna win it
0: how many if when the big twelve adds these three so let's say hypothetical adds these three schools from the pack they'd be at sixteen they'd be at sixteen
2: yeah country. they're at thirteen now with Colorado, so they would be at sixteen then you know they would probably add if if the a c c falls apart that means the big ten's gonna take theirs. And then the big the SEC is going to take theirs. And then it's up to the Big 12 to take whoever's left. Let's say the SEC takes, you know, a couple of schools. You know, they have South Carolina. Maybe they want North Carolina. That just sounds like a great fit. If, right. you know, if I was that, if I was their TV negotiator, you know, you lock down South Carolina and North Carolina with that. You know, obviously you have Clemson. Clemson looks like an SEC type of fit uh so you you know it, it, a lot of things can happen and then you have schools that might not make the cut like a louisville or the big 10 already has the northeast what if they don't want pit no Pitt, you know, Pitt right. can make great sense for the big 12 they're not out there in the northeast so i mean it, it depends really to be honest with you i think there's good enough teams where you know you'll or you know you'll see somebody land there's going to be another uconn someone who gets left behind maybe it uh, sucks to be them, but the Big Twelve is gonna have some life for us. And like they had the best basketball conference in college uh, in college athletics, and you know maybe Duke's impressive for them. I don't know, mm-hmm. but somebody's gonna land somewhere. Someone's gonna not have a
0: chair. I, that's the club,
1: though. I, I think it's very important that we start winning this yeah. year. Um, over the next what two years, three years, it's gonna play out. You gotta make yourself attractive in every way possible you know we have the academics we have that you know big 10 but you know you you got to make yourself attractive you know fsu's you know they're gonna their top 10 team or whatever um you know that's it's a what have you done for me lately um right with this money and tv so right. got to win
0: for sure and i do i do think because i think the one thing that stands out to me is that number one would we have to pay all of our tv money if we left or just the piece that we owe based upon whatever the number is that's important that's important and number two if what would it take to officially kill the acc how many teams would it take to kill the acc by leaving
2: nobody knows (laughs) because you would have to forfeit you know your your future tv earnings till like 2036 so you would like basically bankrupt your athletic department and maybe even potentially your school, so something's going to happen. But it, it, it's it's something's going to happen eventually,
0: right? It's it's a really weird spot to be in because if if we can if it can be so, I mean, the Big Twelve, I think even even though they're high on numbers right now, I mean, they've already taken as many power five teams as they'll probably take from the pack. They've taken as many power five teams as they can get from whatever like AAC that they wanted, you know, build whatever was left of it, like those teams. So realistically, I mean, what are we looking at? It's the ACC teams that they would take. So how many teams would they take? Like, would they yeah, take they, there's six? No,
2: yeah, they, yeah, they would take as – because, I mean, if the Big Ten adds, you know, Oregon, Washington, you know, whether Stanford and Cal, uh, that would get them to like 20 – and then they'd take us for the state to give them like the Southeast. And then maybe they take two more of Virginia would make sense. They, they're a school, uh, maybe something else, Virginia tech. I don't know for just inherit that rivalry. I don't know, right. but, uh, they, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely be adding. Cause there'll probably be two, like the mega conferences, sec and, uh, big 10. And then the big 12 will be the best of the rest. And then like every now and then you'll get the TCU Cinderella story, yeah. uh, going all the way. And then hopefully right. a closer ending,
0: because if I'm feeling like if depending on how much the how much the Big Ten and the SEC take from the two conferences, say like, hypothetically they each take two, then it's four teams gone. I mean, I still think there could be six or four to six teams in the Big Twelve that are attractive from that are big attractive to the Big Twelve: Pitt, Virginia Tech, um, Louisville. Virginia- Virginia, like Virginia, all all automatically teams that would make sense, and then maybe get a couple of the North Carolina schools that, like, if you could pull a Duke and an NC State, that's a win for the Big Twelve too because it spreads you all the way out to the East Coast. You know, there's there's some things in there, some options that that might not be that bad of an idea. So hopefully, the, yeah. if the Big Twelve can act as that, just like. Get everybody else to keep that chaos in the ACC going.
2: The ACC is not a bad conference. with the quality—that's the problem. It's too good for what they're making. Right. Uh, that's that's the, really the issue. If we were, if we would got a – the Big Twelve just got a fifty million. They're gonna get end the you know end of the playoff money. They're gonna you know they're gonna get like fifty million, fifty one million or something like that uh, after when it comes to after playoff money distribution if we had renegotiated a deal we'll probably like get like a base 50 million and then get like an extra 20 million off you know whatever else bowl this 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 that and then net like 65 like if we were doing that then everybody would be fine with the ACC because then okay the Big tent's making more they're making 10 you know 75 then it goes up to 100 but at least you're within range and you can start planning hey we can start expanding we can start doing this you know but like yo oof. You just can't you can't surmount the fact that you're only going to make 35 million dollars for the next 13 years while them people making 100 million dollars and you're supposed to compete against them for everybody's like oh wow uh what do you mean there is money the money the money bro 70 million dollars more to invest in your football program every year is is going to lead to better facilities better athletes wanting to play in those better coaching staffs better fire money like yo know, we need this guy going bet we got you here's the check like that That type of stuff it, it matters how,
1: how can so many smart people be so short sighted with that grant ACC deal that they signed like how did no one say hey
2: this Maybe. probably isn't gonna, this, uh, this probably isn't gonna set us behind a little bit <laughs> they're prisoners of the moment yeah. and they wanted to secure their future and it was a good deal because it was good money now and it was coming now and okay. I get they it future yeah I mean, future. okay and so Miami is definitely in my opinion gonna gonna have to make a move people are gonna say it's not possible I think anything's possible uh so we'll, we'll see how it goes but I think it's definitely a few years down the line uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss the apparel contract before we discuss, you know, alignment with us, but uh, we just got to win. If we win, the basketballs is doing their part, you know, final yeah. eight and sweet, uh, final uh, four. And then there was the elite eight last year, both men and women's. So, uh, it was, it was, it's going up for us, but the football just has to get one Cinderella season in. And then, you know, put a fire recruiting class on top of that. And then we'll get rolling.
0: Uh, Matthew makes a good point to get the ACC network was a big thing to have that be a big true. part, which is true. Um, I, I, you know, would, wouldn't bother me. And I think Florida State is probably thinking about doing is just jumping and then letting lawyers get involved and just having this thing drag out forever and just have it be like do whatever they can because Florida State's going to have the money to do whatever they wanted. Like in terms of like having the lawyers ready to go to have this thing take more and longer and longer and longer and then just keep collecting checks until, you know, until they can't, until they can't figure this thing out. But um, if they do, if they make the jump and they send their lawyers and Clemson makes a jump and they send their lawyers, I'd be like, hey, maybe we have some lawyers in here too. We'll throw a couple in and see how this thing works out. But I don't know. It's, it's definitely a weird time to be a college football fan. Uh, do you, do you guys, does it bother you guys that all this is happening? Or are you just like, yeah, whatever, who cares about the old stuff? Uh,
2: I, I miss the rivalries. Uh, you're not going to see the Red River rivalry in the Big 12, but it'll be in the SEC, so that's cool. You'll see Texas and Texas A&M again, which I don't really care for. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I did like the Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. That was always a game that you expect to score a lot of points, so it was honestly fun to watch. Uh, stuff like that. But, you know, that sucks. I, I hate uh, to see Kansas State not upset Oklahoma every year. Yeah, right? <laughs> every year they're surprised that they lose to them.
0: <laughs> How could this happen?
1: How could it happen? <laughs> yeah, as much as it, you know, sucks with the nostalgia part, there'll be, you know, there's going to be way better matchups, I think, on a more consistent basis, right? Um, you know, yeah, Texas so I mean, Oklahoma, the SEC, USC, UCLA or USC, I should say UCLA, but um, you know, I think there's going to be better matchups and rivalries will form over time. And, you know, five, 10 years from now, you know, maybe we look back at this and be like, yeah, maybe this was, this was the best thing that could happen. Uh, we just need Miami to find its landing place. And that'll be good. Yeah. That I'll, that I'll like. if not that it's stupid.
0: I, and I, I know it's been 20 years since you left the big East, but like, I still don't necessarily care about the ACC. Like, I don't feel any, like, strong emotions about it. Maybe it's because we haven't won it. but That's that's why we haven't been good. So. Like, like, I really don't care about Duke. I don't care about playing Duke. I don't care about playing North Carolina. I don't care about playing a lot of these teams. So, I mean, if we we go to the I Big Ten. I care about North
2: Carolina. I don't care about North Carolina State much.
0: Yeah, North Carolina State, who cares? And we only care about North Carolina because they've beaten us. Ugly. A couple of times, so. <laughs> You know, when we were beating them that zero dark 30 game and all that, it was just some other weird team that thought they were better than us. So but it is what it is, it is what it is. But that'll do it for us. Um, another edition here of the show. Um, another chance to talk about Miami football. And by next week, we'll have a lot more ridiculous hype to discuss about different guys flying around the field, more coaches on the field. Who knows yeah, I, what we're going to I yet.
2: will pull, probably pull up to one uh, later this week.
0: Hey. Sounding good. Get some exclusive clips for the show. Nah, no clips.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to the homie death
0: Look at that, Steve. Look at that. Um, so, yeah, Steve will have some live, uh, some no, coverage no, for us no, no, live in no, person. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to go live. He's on the sidelines. Just get in there. Um, U-Town. U-Town wants to go scootering with us. Or maybe just me. Sounds like it. Which is it's, which is honestly it's, nice. It's I know he lot built lot one. Of his. I just told this Squeeze them up real
1: yeah, tight. Nice, nice and tight. Yep. Yeah. Get up in there.
0: <laughs> Steve, would you ever do that?
2: My scooter? <laughs> yeah.
0: If, if you were in a hurry and someone was like, hey, hop on my scooter, my electric scooter, uh, would you just hop on? Just Nah.
2: <laughs> I can <laughs> run <laughs> faster. You'd rather walk.
0: <laughs> I'll run if I have to. Anyway, but uh, that'll do it for us. So, final thoughts for the people. Bill.
1: Well, don't forget, not this Saturday, next Saturday, Steve will have his boot set up at the. Uh, The Kane scrimmage, I'll have pictures of me and Chris, buy it for $5, signed, $10. Um, Oh, more
0: money if we sign it? Yeah. Would we do individual ones, like a me one and a you one, or just like the two of us standing next to each other? Or like this? Together. Would we make more money if we just have Steve-O in there too?
1: He's a recognizable face.
0: I mean, that's what I figured would sell it, but... Then they'd be like oh it's a Stevo picture with these two goons i don't want them to do that either
2: <laughs> it depends on what type of hat bills wearing. It's
0: true. it's true the, the, it. the
2: home alone on we're in trouble <laughs> <sighs> i don't know where it is not the marv uh the other one uh
0: um, not,
2: not the marv but you know what i'm talking about yeah uh, uh the, the the little he's a gangster and every
0: like Joe Pesci Joe Pesci yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. all right Steve final thoughts for the people uh
2: I think uh we talked about the Harvard uh Flip and uh Nino uh he's banging uh I think uh I'm very excited honestly I think that the depth that O-line and corner that we have this year you're always gonna hear the the, everything's different the culture is different and uh but Honestly, I just I'm just ready for it to be true this time. So, I I drink the Kool Aid I always do. I uh, don't think I'm ever not biased, but I do give my realistic takes once the film comes out. So that's kind of my my give or take. Uh, so I'm hype. I'm expected to see good football. I know those players are good, bro. Like I, in my heart, like I know those players are good. It's in my own gut, I, I know some of them wasn't, and uh, you know <laughs> we everybody know now. And uh, now you don't really get that feeling. You don't really have somebody that you're trying to hide at corner. You know, you're not trying to hide somebody at corner. You're not trying to hide somebody at linebacker. You're not trying to hide anybody at safety. You have defensive linemen that you can play with up and down the line of scrimmage. You you don't have to hide anybody on O-line. That's the biggest thing. You don't have to really hide anybody on O-line. So uh, I, I think that's just what you notice across the board. It's just there's, there's enough bodies to really man this ship. Uh, we just got to see if they gel and come together because a lot of those bodies are transfers. So it's their first year there. But you're seeing it's becoming the new norm in college football uh, for kids just to move, go to a different school, a new ecosystem. New com- I said ecosystem, new community. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know That's really that's really not as easy as it seems, bro, to just up and leave, go everywhere else. and uh, But as the kids are, young men are doing it at a high rate.
0: So hopefully it comes together for us yeah it's it's so easy now to to just blame the college and say oh hey they would have been better if they would have done xyz and not like take responsibility so um in that regard you know we have some guys getting their third year getting their fourth year opportunity to step up guys we got his transfer so we'll see how it goes with all these all these dudes but it seems like we have some talent see how they develop over the rest of camp all right guys that'll do it for us thank you guys for watching here on a wednesday um if I hear more and more Daryl Jackson rumor, I'm snitching from DBGC Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's going on with that?
2: They say they, say he didn't, they deny his waiver or whatever. But, that's, I mean, I wish nobody yeah. for the best for him.
1: It's still up in the air, and there's the rumor that if it gets declined that he'll come back and play at Miami. But I don't know how it's possible. <laughs> He's like, oh, man. He like,
2: You're not coming to Miami, bro. That shit be set.
0: Yeah, that's, that's – I wish it I wish him show the you're gonna show up at halftime of the first game like ice box from the Little Giants, and just throw the jersey on and get in there and play. Steveo, you know Little Giants? Yeah, I know the Giants. I figured I'd get a bigger pop from that mention. No, you guys didn't really react to it.
1: <laughs> I'm already clocked Everyone clocked out. There's actually uh, football games this week, by the way. Not to cut your off from your little stupid Giants joke, but there's actually football this week. Yeah, what
2: preseason? Jets play tomorrow.
0: Oh, oh yeah, I mean. Yeah,
2: yeah, I guess so. Real
0: football. It's legally yeah, football.
2: Sure. Yeah, let, let's see Aaron Rodgers play for three snaps.
0: I. I they better not. I, I, I don't even want him in Ohio. I want him at home. I want him relaxing. He,
2: he, he's not going to play.
0: I of that shoulder, man. Eyes of that shoulder. Let Zach throw it 80 times. Who cares?
2: Yeah, um, exactly. Throw Zach out there.
0: <laughs> I will say uh, best Hall of Fame game memory. The first time Sean Taylor ever played a, a game in the NFL was in that uh, – Preseason of the Hall of like when he had the Hall of Fame game with the Redskins, and he had an interception, and then he had like and, it, like, and then he had a like a sack fumble, I think. that he ran back for a touchdown.
2: Did. Of course he did, <laughs> and he took it back. I remember they were like <laughs> they were like,
0: oh, I wonder how Sean Taylor is going to like you know, you know adjust to the league and immediate dominance.
2: Yeah, for yeah, off the rip. That's my thirty six. Yeah,
0: yeah. thirty six was rough. But then he got that twenty one, and then everything was everything was fine and right in the world.
2: He was mobbing with that thirty six, though. Some of them kill shots on that tape was that thirty six way.
0: Yeah, the thirty six tape was all. It was his first two, or his first. I think his first two years was all just him just annihilating people,
2: demolishing people.
0: (laughs) Oh, there we go. It was two ints, one for a touchdown. There you go. But what a monster, Shawnee. Who else? But anyway, that'll do it for us. Thank you guys for watching. Um, make sure you guys tune all the other great content here on the Miami Flow Network. Uh, we didn't put up the banner on the bottom, but join the Discord. Uh, you get all that information at some point. of The old shows, you'll find it. It's pretty easy to find. You guys can do it. Uh, also, there's the first time they're putting up this show as a podcast. So if you watch this and then you're like, hey, I'd love to see this without looking at their faces, and you guys watch the pod, or listen to the podcast version, that'll be fun. I mean, I don't know. You guys do it if you want. <laughs> Either way. That'll do it for us. Thank you guys for watching. We will see you guys again next week, right here on Three Lap Kings. Have a good night. This is for the national championship for Nebraska.
1: Oh, and complete. Oh. That is a 10, five, He's a stud, that Brown, number 98. urban has got it. Urban's free. Slips to the
0: outside, tries to stiff arm, but he couldn't get by Ray Lewis big-time players. Step up and big game. Heart, dog. Don't ask me for more Hell not.
1: And Huster up to the races. That's what
0: they needed. That's Ricks going out for but It's intercepted near midfield. Sean Taylor.